desire, if he desires it, you can meet him outside of class. Okay, alright. <laughs> Steward, uh, this great parish has given us. Lord, especially at this time, we pray for you to be with us in this podcast and with Sam as he shares his story. And we pray for all those who are discerning, um, entering the fullness of truth in your one holy Catholic apostolic church. Lord, help uh, all those to see that uh, the parish here, especially at St. Edward, are, we're a place where we can accompany um, and form those that are looking to become disciples of your son to all of them and our own intentions to the intercession of Our Lady Immaculate as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Saint Edward, pray for us. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome back, uh, dear listener, to Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who inspires saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Manier. And today we're joined by... Sanj Mohip. And Woo! welcome, Sanj. Yes. Thank so, you. Nice to be here. Oh, <laughs> I like that. We should have had a little like song for you to walk out in. And, I feel more like a talk show host. This yeah. great. What um, would your theme song be, Sanj? Have you ever thought about that? And no, I, I really haven't, but I would choose something from the 70s or 80s. The 70s. Yeah. Okay. Like rock or pop from the seventies and eighties. Seventies would be more soul. Soul. Eighties would be definitely hair metal. So hair. Oh. One of those two. Nice. We're not going to. But not it. highway to hell. No, no. No. Today's all about the highway to heaven. Getting off that highway to hell. <laughs> That's right. Onto the stairway to heaven, little hey, Zeppelin. There we go. Man. All right. Okay. All right. So, Sanj, we're you know, last week. Uh, our last week's episode, we had Danielle Marcou. Uh, another convert to the faith and parishioner here, but you're you're also a convert as well, which we're going to talk about, but um, also you converted here at St. Edward uh, and went through our RCA program, which we're, we've been talking a little bit about in these last, these first episodes of the season, because we're hoping that anyone listening uh, shares this with others that uh, might be discerning, entering the fullness of truth in our, in our Catholic Church. So um, let's, before we start Talking RCIA, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and your conversion story up to coming here to St. Edward. Okay. Um, so Give us the cliff notes of your life. The cliff notes of my <laughs> life. I was born and raised in the, the greater Chicago area, cool. in the, both in the city and in the burbs. Um, I... My first, my bachelor's was in microbiology, or biology, microbiology. I don't think I knew that. Um, well, I barely ever used it. <laughs> I only used it a, a, for a short time. Emphasize uh, the micro. <laughs> so uh, I got into teaching not long after, uh, and I did that for a while, and then I went into business. Then I went into IT, and uh, that's where I am today. Oh, wow. Man so, of all trades. Well, yeah, master of nothing. <laughs> master of nothing. <laughs> so that, uh, that's a little bit about me. And what's 
was your faith background that you grew up with? Okay, so my parents immigrated from the island of Trinidad, the twin island nations of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Um, and their religion was Hindu because okay. it goes back some ways, but it gets back to India and the British and slavery, indentured servitude brought them to the Caribbean. Okay. So I have a lot of that DNA in me. Okay. Uh, but they had no way to get back. So they kind of just, you know, kind of like when you're in America, you just kind of start to integrate. Mm -hmm. So I think the only thing they kept was their religion, those mm -hmm. ancestors. Because they didn't keep the language or anything like that. So all they had was some knowledge of their religion. So, And Hinduism is a huge religion. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes back thousands of years mm -hmm. and... Uh, it's as fragmented as Christianity today. There's probably mm. thirty to 40,000 different uh, denominations. Wow. I didn't think I ever realized that. But it's, uh, it is, um, it can be like a take-home study course because mm. you don't have to go to a temple to, to pray in Hinduism. You can do that at home with the family. Um, and... You, when you say, like, you don't ever have to go. You don't ever have to go. You don't have to, I mean, with uh, poverty and everything, you don't really have the money to build one in the first mm. place, right? So maybe somebody's home has a room and a few families can pray together if they want. Okay. It's also um, it's a monotheist religion, even though there's 300 million different deities. They're all the same. It's all one God. Okay. So that's, uh, and one of the main things is in Hinduism is that they believe there are many paths to the truth, many paths to God. That's why it's so fragmented. And you kind of go down the path you believe. Um, and you'll see, even in some, if you go to, to a Hindu's house and they have their little uh, worship area. Sometimes you'll see a, a picture of Jesus with the other. Interesting. Huh. Not always, but sometimes yeah. you see. In our yeah. house, we had that too. So. Okay. Um, so that's like the, you know, the, the ancestors. Then we get to my parents. Uh, my mother, when she, when she went to university, it was called a teaching college, and it was run by Irish Catholic nuns. It was a convent that also had the college. So she was in so, Trinidad. Or yes, in, the in Trinidad. Okay. So she had a like a connection to Catholicism then, and she started teaching when she was done. And she decided to enter the convent. She no was going to make that decision and become a nun. So your mom was Catholic. No, she, so she was, was going to convert to the church and then enter the convent. Yes. Wow. Okay. That was her plan. Uh, but a few months before that, she met my dad. Okay. <laughs> she had, you know, she had met other guys, and she still was on this path. But okay. uh, my dad, her, they he just hit it off. off. So, um, so that was my ancestral connection okay. to Catholicism there. 
Your mom's near brush with a convent. Yes. <laughs> and is that why there was a picture of Jesus in your home altar? Probably. There, okay. there was always a... Or maybe, I don't know. Okay. I never asked. Okay. But there, then, wa- but there was an image of well, Christ. that could be also because we were living here. And, you know, it's been very Catholic. Right. In or a Christian country. Christian. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, not today, but... Yeah, right. Back then, it was very, you know, Christian. You'd have, you, know, you could say Merry Christmas, and it would Yeah, no one would be offended. <laughs> Even your Hindu parents. Right. Yeah. Oh, we celebrated Christmas. Okay. You know, I mean, we had the tree and everything. Sure, okay. Um, and presents and all that. But so, uh, then in college, in my junior year, I, I was at Loyola University, right on the My alma mater? And I started going to their evening mass at Madonna Del Strada okay. with, with my Catholic friends. They're like, hey, come along. And I said, all right. Second week in a row, the college friends inviting their non-Catholic See? friends to mass. So you too, listener, can do this. Yes, the little seeds that get planted. And they never, ex- my friends never explained anything. I just. <laughs> it brought you along. Right. Nice. And, uh. This is a no-no, but I would I'd go up and take communion because no one told me not oh, to. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so now we're gonna walk that back. <laughs> when you invite your friends, the first thing to say is, "Hey," in a gentle and pastoral way, let them this know that this is a reserve. The blessed sacrament is reserved for people in full communion with the Catholic Church. Yes, I did not know that, and sure. no one not told your me fault. that. Not your fault. My friends would line up with me and not say it, so I was okay. like, "Okay, well, okay." <laughs> So, I was doing that, and about a year later, my sister came down with, well, it was a genetic thing, so she carried it, and we didn't know. It was something called juvenile dermatomyositis, and in 12 weeks, it took her life. Oh, gosh. So, that really messed me up for a time being. Yeah. You were, you were in college at this time. Yes. I, I was a senior in college. Oh, wow. So I went through the stages of grief, one being anger and uh, who would <laughs> taking it out on the guys I was going to Mass for, right? Mm-hmm. For, well, you go to Mass to feel good and to pray to God and all that. I was like, okay, well, you didn't help me. Mm-hmm. So that, that I stopped going. Mm-hmm. Uh, then around... And did you stop any kind of prayer or spiritual... Anything that you had, or just... Uh, well, I stopped any, any Mass, but okay. I guess I would pray and that kind of thing okay. still. But. What did prayer look like for you as someone who grew up nominally Hindu, uh, having been exposed to the Catholic Mass? What was prayer like for you at that time? Silent, me talking to God. Yeah, so. and you were like, I am speaking to a being. Yes. It is an all-powerful creator. Would you describe it that way or? I <laughs> just God. Just God. Like, That's please, it. Please, God or God, I'm here to say this. Okay. Uh, like any pr- prolonged prayer or just like short prayers like, oh, man, I need this. All right, God, let's let's go. Like, no, uh, I mean, there was some length to it. That's wild. There were also some Hindu prayers, I would say. As yeah. Well, but okay. those were Sanskrit. It's like, that's why I... I like the Latin part. Amen. <laughs> Go back to the roots. Yes. And, you, you know, so 
that went on for a while. And then I started going back to church, maybe not Catholic, but I, I you know, I would go to services now and then. Uh, and then yeah, I different Christian denominations. Yeah, sometimes Unitarian even. Okay. Um, I, I was there. Sometimes I went to Buddhist. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't stuck on anyone. It's like, you know. So then I, uh, around 2000, I ran into a college friend of mine, Marl, who okay. you, you've met him. Yeah. And I, uh, he, I was downtown. Uh, I was a student at a graduate school there, and he was working there. That's how we met. And we... He started taking me to Mass. He's like, hey, I'm going to Mass. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we go to <laughs> Holy Name. And, you know, uh, It's a good friendship. Yeah? You know, like, hey, come down. Okay. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I had any friends that were not Catholic that I was like, let's go to Mass. Okay. I didn't have Catholic friends that would ask me to go to Mass. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd also give me a ride home. So <laughs> oh, I mean, that right. <laughs> Note that. So I, I was doing that for a while, and then... Uh, off and on, I'd go to Mass, or I'd go to a different church, or that okay. kind of thing. Then we get to about um, 2012. Uh, a girl who was very dear to me passed away. Mm. Um, this is while I was going to weekly Mass, too. Mm. So uh, it wasn't an anger this time, like the first time, but it was like, I want to take a break. Yeah. So I did... And then eventually I started going back, and before you know it, I came to the uh, <laughs> the festival here in the basement, the, the ministry the, fair, the ministry fair. Yeah, I ended up here, and I met uh, Paul, and I met you, and you tried to get me to join the choir. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't sing, and uh, Paul told me about theology and cigars, and that was it. That was my end. <laughs> nice. Uh, then I decided, you know what? Uh, well, I'm skipping one thing. I didn't know whether to put it on. Put it in. If you're comfortable with it, we'll listen. Uh, about a month or two months before I came here for that, I had a moment at daily mass where I felt God's presence. Mm -hmm. It was so overpowering, I had to get up and leave. Mm. And uh, I almost cried. It was like I was pan you know, panting. So, you know, I had to catch my breath. And it wasn't, he didn't say anything. I just felt hmm. something that I never, it was an out-of-body experience almost. Nice. It's the only way I can describe it. But uh, I just felt it was God. Nice. I felt he was, uh, he was kind of, you're already going to mass. You might as well calling you over. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why was that? How you reacted to that well, presence? I I didn't know what was happening. Mm. If I was going to vomit or something, okay. I didn't want to wow. do it right in the church. <laughs> okay, fair, good. Uh, I it just and I didn't know how long the moment took. Mm. It could have been a few seconds. Mm. It could have been a few minutes. It just was very strange. Nice. So I, I, but by then, here's the thing that always stopped me from being Catholic was the the uh, the creed. Mm. Okay, well tell us more about that. Yeah, 
Um, well, I don't know it by memory, but it's okay. If you can, there's the one part with I believe on, only or something. On, uh, one, one holy, holy Catholic, Catholic apostolic, apostolic church. church. Yeah. yeah. I had to believe that fully before I could move on. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, well, you know, maybe these people who pray to Allah, that's good too, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like maybe there's other. But once I believed in one holy apostolic church, that's like, I finally believe that. It took 20 years to get to that point. Wow. But, uh. And what, what was, I guess, were you doing any other, like, outside reading or podcasts oh, yeah. or um, videos? I did or, a lot of reading on my own. Who did you find the most helpful in your outside reading, in your extracurriculars? Uh, I guess who is able to help you accept that we are one holy Catholic apostolic church? I think one that was, uh, that I can remember, because you just kind of mm-hmm. read a lot of stuff, and you, was Orthodoxy by mm-hmm. uh, Chesterton. Chesterton. Nice. Like I tell Catholics, I read that as a non Catholic. Like, why? <laughs> so that was one I remember that. That helped me along the way. That's powerful. That's cool, and it's a, it's a reminder, though. Like what what honesty you had in saying this is central. I have not memorized it, but I know these words, and I know what they mean because the the creed is a powerful statement yes. of belief. And if we take it seriously and we say those words with conviction. It is not something that's undemanding on the speaker. It like it is demanding our allegiance. Yeah, and for years I thought about just joining the Catholic Church, and I, I could just go through the motions and say the creed and just. But I'm like, well, I don't think God would want me to do that if <laughs> right. I don't actually believe it. I mean, I know there's a lot of Catholics who don't really get into the faith anymore, and they they come to. Christmas and Easter, and that's about it. But not if, the ones that listen to this podcast. No, not, <laughs> not at all. If, if you're if you're using your 22 minutes of your commute, for this, <laughs> you are all in. But I just wanted to be honest with myself if I was going to convert to an, a religion and declare I am a Catholic. Yeah, I wanted it to mean it, which is why in baptism I wanted it. Baptized in Latin. Which we did. Yeah, we did. It was great. All right, so now let's, let's talk about getting you to baptism. So RCA here at St. Edward. Give us from the, we've heard you know, Paul and I a couple episodes back kind of explain the RCA process, but now let's hear it from the horse's mouth. What was the process like? Can you explain to listeners what you did, um, what you liked about it, what was challenging, Wait, what can you say about RCA? And just for the record, I would never call you the horse's mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, uh, maybe a month before RCIA started, I told Paul I would like to join the RCIA class, which is like my one year, you know, are you sure kind of thing. Yeah. So, Or nine months, I guess. 
so I, I signed up for it, and that first night I was, like, nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen. Is it, are there going to be tests? <laughs> are there oral examinations? Anything like that? I didn't know what it was going to be. But it was very low-key. Uh, we met each other. There was a few other students in it with me, so that was nice. I was the only one who was going to be baptized, though, because they were, they were all baptized, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was how it started, and uh, we got right into how it was set up. Every week was going to be a discussion on uh, on a video we'd watch, a prayer, and we'd focus on one saint every time. Mm-hmm. So every week, I knew I was going to be learning one, uh, three new things. Okay. So I, I had I had a pretty good background in Catholicism. I think even if I had not I spent enough time discerning, and <laughs> but I still every week I learned something, so it wasn't a waste of my time at all. So I certainly didn't know all the saints, so that cool. was something I learned. And then I learned how many saints there are. It's like, well, I'm never going to learn all of them. So it's That's cool. correct. It's cool that you guys focused on some, so I know which ones to look into. We um. We're talking last week with Danielle Marcoux, and, and she likened RCIA to a carousel. And it seems like, even though your experience with RCIA was the, like, I'm in, I'm committed, and I'm doing this. I, although, you could have stepped off at any I point. I could have. And we would have obviously wanted you to come back, but we would have respected you and said, okay, it's fine. This year is not for you. Come back next year. But it seems like your carousel was really before the RC, like the big carousel yeah. of getting on, dipping your toes in, learning more, gradually. Going to masses, yeah. stepping away. Like in 2000 or whatever that was when I started going to daily mass, I picked up something like the Idiot's Guide to Catholicism. <laughs> nice, okay. It's like that thick. I remember those books. And I read the whole thing. So, I mean, I don't remember all of it 20 years later, yeah. but... Uh, it gave me like a good foundation. That's awesome. What, uh, what, what it's about. Cool. So, and that was you know how I started uh, my readings. But I, I read, you know, not every year, but throughout those twenty three years, I had read some stuff. And so by the time I got to RCIA, I was pretty well versed in things. Nice. But it's nice to know as well that even with such a breadth of exposure. Every week you were learning something yes. new. And maybe not just one thing, but like oftentimes learning about a saint that maybe you'd never heard of and maybe even learning about a new way. Because I think that's the strength of our program too. And I know that Sarah Pellerin's worked hard to do that. It's to expose you to the beautiful variety, the rich variety of prayer that the church offers that are all valid and, and meaningful ways to commune with God, to communicate rather with yeah. God. And not everyone's going to be drawn to every single style of prayer, and that, like so, I think that's kind of cool too. Yeah, I learned a lot of different prayers that I didn't know before. Um, I learned, I truly began to learn about the Eucharist, mm. our CIA, on a level that I hadn't before. So why it's so important, and uh, I won't get into like why people don't, but uh, yeah, you know, but uh, I. The seriousness of that was one thing I, I, I know my time in RCIA uh, helped me with. 
That's beautiful. So you had one piece of advice to give to those that are discerning, entering the church, getting baptized, coming to join RCIA. What's your advice to them? Show up. Okay. Mm. Just if you're signed up for RCIA, it's twice a month, I think. Yep, yep. Just go to class if you can be there. If you're not, if you're not at that stage yet, if you're still figuring things out, go to Mass. Maybe not every week, but, you know, a couple times a month. Don't take the Eucharist. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, just be at church and pray with your heart is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And then Amen. things work out from there. That's so powerful. So what are some of the graces that you've noticed since your baptism in April? For five months, four months, four months in the body of Christ? People have told me they've noticed something different about me. Nice. They said, you seem more at peace. I don't tell them, but they have <laughs> said that, and I've heard that more than once. Wow. And I really do feel that. That's so, awesome. Praise well, God. A little less anger at times uh, with the NFL season <laughs> changed things, but I uh, yeah I do kind of feel a little lighter. Awesome. God picked me up a little bit and said you just needed a little boost here. Mm. How cool is that? And it's how cool is that too? That ties to your greater appreciation and now worthy reception of Himself in the Eucharist, right? Like. That is powerful stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got to give it to my uh, my patron saint, Raphael. Yes. Because in the fall of 2019, uh, I had both my eyes had detached retinas. Now, that's just genetic lottery. I didn't do anything. I didn't get an accident or anything. So I had a complete detached in my left eye and a Herschel in my right. So are you blind in your left eye? Yes. Whoa. So I had to have the surgery, the surgery on the left eye. So I actually have a titanium band holding my eyeball together. Really? Yes. Wow. Can you see out of both eyes now? Yeah. No way. So Praise it was God. it was months of, you know, healing. Wow. Um, some painful laser surgeries in addition to that surgery. And, uh, you know, after about six months, it's like, yes, medical science is amazing. Yes. But, they're, you know, God was guiding their hands in the surgery. Amen. Uh, so I looked up, who's a patron saint of blindness? <laughs> I learned the story about Raphael and how he, he uh, cured that blind man. I was like, yeah, I, I have a reverence toward that. You know, like a, nice. I have a, something there. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Sanj. And again, uh, dear listener, share this podcast. Uh, and last week, if you didn't catch our, our podcast with Danielle and her conversion story, share that one as well. You have neighbors, you have family members, you have coworkers, and other parents on your kids' baseball and football teams that are thinking of, re- of receiving the rest of their sacraments, that are thinking of entering the church, that may be going through some kind of struggle in their life and 
invite them to the fullness of truth and see where the Lord is going to move in their heart and how you're playing a role in, in moving in their heart as well. So thanks again, Sanj. And, Thank you uh, for having me. It's embarrassing that he didn't wear the gingham like, you know, <laughs> he talked about this guy. Well, what? The gingham shirts, the, the shirts. pattern. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I like you as disappointment. <laughs> no, this is exactly what you should be wearing. Well, this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who will inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.